Where's my lunch? Oh, here it is, right down the back. Where are all the forks? Chances are, you know that feeling. For once, you've resisted the sushi shop or the bakery, and you've actually taken your lunch to work. And now, there's no utensil anywhere to get your very well-intentioned salad out of its little plastic coffin. So, where do all the office forks go, and why can't we get them back? This is Stuff Explained. I'm Jono Williams, and with me is Sunday Star Times News Director Craig Hoyle, who's been investigating. Hi, Craig. Hey, Jono. So, it's a simple question. Where are all the forks? Well, you would think it's a simple question, but the answer is quite complicated. I spent considerable time and company resources investigating this um, with the blessing of my very patient chief news director at the time. Is it just as simple as we're all stealing them? Not entirely. Um, There's definitely stealing happening, but it's not necessarily malicious stealing. There's a lot of accidental stealing that goes on. People taking cutlery home in their containers Um, And it also comes back to apathy. People just can't be bothered taking their cutlery back to the kitchen. So we're not evil, we're just lazy. Well, yes, that's pretty much it. Uh, When I didn't make it into the story, but I did talk to one case study when I was researching that story that they did gardening work at their business premises and they cleared out some shrubbery and realised that staff, rather than taking their dishes back to the kitchen, had just been tipping cutlery and waste out the window into the bushes. (laughs) So they just find like a whole bunch of forks behind a a shrub somewhere. Yeah, exactly. That's disgusting. Full disclosure, have you ever stolen a fork from work? Not intentionally. But you have then. Well, we've all got things floating around at home that we think came from work. Hey, you leave the post-it notes out of this. This is about forks. (laughs) Is it just forks or does it affect other kind of kitchen, you know, utensils and crockery and that kind of stuff? Um, No, it's everything. It's teaspoons, it's forks, it's cups. Um, So something else I covered in that story, when we moved into these offices about five years ago, they ordered 200 sign written stuff mugs, which were the pride and joy of the kitchen, very briefly. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a single one left now. Um, They ordered 200 of them and within a few months, there were less than 100 left. This isn't unique to stuff, is it? You know, offices everywhere are facing the same kind of issue because people are just revolting in all offices. This must be costing businesses an absolute fortune to replace. Ah, it's it's huge. And at my previous place of work, um, they replaced the cutlery so often that they just stopped. Mm. Um, And then there were, we had plastic knives and forks. Um, And I led a crusade about that, complained that it was in breach of our environmental policy. (laughs) (laughs) We had a similar thing where we didn't have metal, metal forks. It was like being in an economy on an airplane, but we had these little wooden ones and if you try to stab something that was even remotely structurally sound, you know, the fork would just splinter and you'd be like, I'm basically consuming bamboo splinters with my lunch. That's if you can even get cutlery. I mean, we ended up in situations where you'd have to eat a salad with a soup spoon, which is a lot harder than it looks, but I got pretty good at it. Because you'd think eating a salad with a spoon is not that difficult, but I guess when you try it, you suddenly realise, yeah, it's not that easy. Especially when you've got the, like the long sort of, flat pieces of lettuce that don't Mm. sit very well on a spoon and you can't eat your salad one piece of lettuce at a time. No, no, it would take forever. There's even been books written about this, hasn't there? Like people have done lots of research into office cutlery going missing. Yes, so that was one of the starting points for my research. There was a book by 
a business guy in the States um, titled The Case for the Missing Case of the Missing Cutlery. Um, and one of his early assignments was he was tasked with going out and finding out where all the cutlery was going from the airlines. Because um, as you're saying, the cost of businesses, the airlines were finding that their cutlery was going missing at an astonishing clip. And the cost of replacing it all. Um, there was some research a few years ago that showed um, if you wanted to have a supply of 70 teaspoons in your office kitchen, you would need to buy 252 teaspoons a year. That's insane. 250 teaspoons a year just to maintain a supply of 70 over the course of 12 months. That's bonkers. So they estimated, this was from Melbourne, they estimated that 18 million teaspoons were going missing in Melbourne annually. How many people live in Melbourne? Actually, I'm going to Google it right now while we're on here because I feel like we need to know this fact. How many people live in Melbourne? Five million. So if 18 million teaspoons are going missing a year in Melbourne, that's nearly four teaspoons a person. Yeah. So what's the solution to this other than old school honesty and people not nicking stuff from the kitchen? I don't know that there is a solution. The best thing that a company can do is just accept that it happens, and which seems to be the approach that's been taken by stuff now. Periodically, they buy new cutlery. Um, because uh, we went through a period a few years ago of angry notices in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Did they have any effect on people? No, and there's actually been there's research overseas into this, and they found that putting up angry notices might have actually made the problem worse because <laughs> it suggested that like nicking the cutlery was a normal thing to do. There were so many people doing it that management was sending out emails and putting up notices. Ergo, if you do it, you're just one of the many. There must be ways to get people to return it, though. Like, what if there was an easier way for people to give their cutlery back without having to walk 17 steps to the kitchen? Yeah, so that's something that was trialled in one of the London boroughs a few years ago. They mm-hmm. found that putting cutlery return bins around the office um, so that you, if you didn't have to walk all the way back to the office to return your cutlery, you could just drop your knife and fork into a bin near your desk. That significantly reduced the rate of cutlery at which cutlery went missing. Um, a few other things. Um, some places have tried putting metal detectors on their rubbish bins um, because one of the issues here is that people will buy, say, takeaway noodles. They'll eat it with a fork from the kitchen. The takeaway container is rubbish. And so they'll just bundle up all their rubbish, chuck it in the bin without realising that one of the forks has gone with it. Um, and so if you put a metal detector across the top of your bin so that it blares at someone if they accidentally put cutlery in the trash. The theory is that it'll make people fish around and get the fork. I don't know that that's going to work. Thanks, Craig. Pleasure being here. And that's it for this episode of Stuff Explained. I'm John O'Williams, and on behalf of producer Philip Atolli, thanks for listening. You can find more Stuff Explained online at stuff.co.nz, and make sure you like and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So, for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, 
subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.